Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 30. Things we've learned in the last year. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. All right. Uh, Howard pitched this podcast to me saying, hey, let's talk about the most important thing each of us have learned about our writing in the last year. And so we're going to go one by one and talk. And if we run a little over, we'll split it into two podcasts. Um, but we're going to start with Howard. Howard, what's the most important thing you've learned about writing in the last year? I am writing satire. Okay, satire. So let's talk about, there, I'm, I can break that down into two parts. You l realized that you're doing something you didn't realize you were doing. Is yeah. that correct? Well, and I discovered that yeah. I was working within a form. Okay. And up until that time, I didn't know that I was working within a form. Understanding that I was yeah. helped me, you know, fulfill more of the promises of that form and okay. write better. What did you learn specifically about satire? Um, and what's the difference what, between what you were doing before? I mean, you've always been doing humor. You've yeah. always been funny. So how did this help you, and what did you learn? Um, it, boy, what it really came down to for me was that there are some things that I, I have to make fun of. Okay. And there are other things that I don't have to make fun of. Okay. I, I can make fun of them. I can, you know, have a laugh at them. But I don't have to because they're not inherently satirical, okay. which means that, you know, I can I can make fun of, you know, HMOs and boy bands. You know, that okay. was the first yeah. three weeks of the comic. Mm -hmm. um, I can make fun of bad government. I can make fun of good government. I uh -huh. can make fun of uh, military protocols. I can make fun of engineering. I can make fun mm -hmm. of... Uh, you know, being a knowledge worker when your manager doesn't understand yeah. knowledge work. Okay. Um, these are all things that I can satirize. Um, I don't have to write slapstick or, you know, make fun of science fiction tropes in order okay, for the strip to be funny. Those as then? Well, a science fiction trope is, yeah, I've done a couple of jokes like yeah. this. Anytime in a science fiction show where somebody says, actually, I'm your father. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. we laugh because that was Star okay, Wars. Okay, so that's... Yeah, that's a pop culture reference rather than the satire. Is that how you're yeah, defining it? Yeah, that's how I'm defining because it. Because I want to pin down exactly what that's, this is. There's satire yeah. versus lampooning. Okay. Okay? okay. Satire is what Terry Pratchett writes. Okay. When Terry Pratchett does, uh, you know, going postal. Right. Or what he did one recently about uh, printing money, and yes. I can't remember the name of the making book. Making money. But, yeah, making money. Mm -hmm. um, those were both satire. One was, uh, you know, social satire yeah. about, you right. know, Postal Service, and the other was about currency. Okay, and the difference being something like um, Spaceballs, you would say, is lampooning. Spaceballs is or, lampooning. All yeah. of the funny movie or scary movie or epic okay. movie, those are all lampooning. Different type of humor as we're defining it here. Yes. Okay. I think that that's very astute because actually you mentioned Pratchett. Um, I think he made the same realization because if you read Color of Magic and some of the early ones, it looks very much like he's lampooning. Color of Magic is yeah. lampooning mm -hmm. fantasy tropes. Yeah. And... Going postal is high satire. It is it is satire. I think in the finest form right. it's been written in 
the 20th or 21st century. Okay, so how did you make this change? How did you decide? First, how did you notice? How did, what clued you in on this? Um, people kept comparing my stuff to Terry Pratchett, and okay. I thought, well, I'm not writing like Terry Pratchett writes. He's, he, this, is, this, this is completely different. And then, you know, as we were doing some of these podcasts, it clicked for me, and I realized, no, I'm telling a story, and the end of the story is not a punchline. Okay. If the end of the story is a punchline, then you're lampooning something or you're writing mm -hmm. a comedy. Okay. And if the end of the story is dramatic and wonderful, and yet each of these installments is pointing up something that we are laughing at, okay. then that feels more like satire. Okay. Um, Dan, you've written some humor. I have. How would you define yours? Are you I satire? No. Are you lampooning? You just kind of write stuff and then chuckle at yeah, yourself? Yeah, I just laugh. I write what makes me laugh. I have not written enough humor to have analyzed my style of humor mm -hmm. as closely as Howard has. Okay. Um, but uh, were I to put a label on it, it would be situational humor. Okay. Uh, humor that is funny because we know the character and seeing them in this situation or seeing them doing this thing is funny. Okay. And, and I throw a lot of situational humor. Uh, yeah, you've got humor. a lot I, of different types. There's a lot types. in mm -hmm. there. But you have defined your genre. Just like when I'm writing, I'm writing epic fantasies does not mean I can't have a laugh now and then. But if the laugh in my books undermines what I'm trying to do with the story, then mm -hmm. that's when I say I keep, you know, right. I keep focused and I toss out this particular laugh. Right. It happened to me in Warbreaker. Um, Warbreaker, my editor and I went the rounds several times about scenes that I thought were hilarious and he just didn't like at all. And because there's a very wry, sarcastic character of this, and it finally came down to is he was pointing out, in his opinion, I was undermining the reality of the world. Um, of yeah. Warbreaker mm -hmm. in order to get a funny joke. You were, you were breaking the fourth wall to tell I wasn't a joke. breaking the fourth wall, but I was, was weakening it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like the, the characters were addressing the reader, but they, the characters themselves had to make connections that those characters those he characters felt would, would not make. have. And that's, that's different than breaking the fourth wall. But when I understood that, I was able to change a very few, few number of things, which made him laugh quite a bit. And so yeah. understanding that you're writing satire can keep you going in the right direction, even when you're throwing out jokes here and there. Yeah. Now, and that said, I do, from time to time, break the fourth wall. Yes. I do, mm -hmm. from time to time, make pop culture references uh, and, you know, and send-ups and things like that. But uh, the understanding that this is satire, not, you know, national lampoon. Yeah. Now, um, one thing... One of the funny books that I have written is the one that we had on our CD last season, yeah. Night of Black or Darkness. Go buy the CD. You can read it. Go buy book. the CD and you can read it. Um, we talked last week about how my endings used to suck. I rewrote the ending to that book about seven times, mm -hmm. and they were all horrible. And it was not until I sat down and analyzed it and said, holy cow, I'm writing farce, and I didn't realize it. Okay. Then so that allowed I, me to yeah. structure the ending properly, and the, the, it works now. Okay. I... When I asked you what type of humor you were, you, you stumbled for a few minutes yeah. or seconds. It's a farce. It really yeah. is. It's a that book is a farce. Yes. But the humor that we found in, uh, you know, I'm not a serial killer. Right. That's different. Uh, was it's a dark, different. situational yeah. sort of humor. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah. that's why he stammered. Okay. Yeah. It's because sure I wasn't, which book wasn't sure we what were. I was talking about. But now yeah. I do. So. Okay. All right, Howard. Just for a little bit longer, you okay. seem to imply that you think satire to be a sort of higher art? Do you really think this than, for instance, lampooning? Or is it just what you want to do? Oh, boy. Um, 
the lampooning is, you know, it is valuable and it makes us laugh. And I think fundamentally, uh, my mission is to make people laugh. Okay. I want people to be happy and to be mm -hmm. laughing. Um, satire, I think, has a larger social value okay. because it allows us to look at things under a new light, under, you know, the humorist's microscope and, and find the absurdities and, you know, perhaps wreak some sort of helpful social change. Okay. I doubt anybody's going to get helpful social change out of Schlock Mercenary, but satire as an art practiced in its highest form uh, accomplishes exactly that. Terry Pratchett is writing high satire. Yeah, he is. I'm not. I'm writing a comic strip for crying out loud. Uh, there, and there's, there's a world of difference in the value between those two. Um, is it a better art form than lampooning things? Not necessarily. I mean, things can be done better mm -hmm. in, in any sort of form. I okay. mean, there's sitcoms that are much, much funnier than, you know, satire and are, I guess, better written. Mm -hmm. So it's just a... Well, okay. value statements like that only work when you know what you mean by what's better. You know, mm -hmm. is funnier better or is social change better? That's what I was you know, trying to say. Different goals have different means. Right. Should we uh, break for a commercial? I believe we should. That'll give me a minute to collect my thoughts. Marvelous. Yes. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by bringing things to you from writing excuses. <laughs> It's true. You, too, can advertise here at writingexcuses.com. Just follow that link over there in the uh, left-hand, right-hand sidebar? Right-hand sidebar. Right, left-hand sidebar. Follow that link <laughs> on the left-hand sidebar. One of the sidebars sidebar. has a link. Mm -hmm. One of the sidebars Somewhere. has a link, and yeah. you can sponsor Writing Excuses, and we will do a much better job of reading your ad than we did reading this one. All right, we're back. All right, I'm going to try and pin Howard down a little bit more and force him to go into more detail. I'm glad I've had time to think. Yes. Um, I asked you what made you come to this realization. I don't know if I got a satisfactory answer for me. What, how did you realize this? How did you come to understand the difference in your writing, that, in your goals? Um, it was not, well, I don't need to tell you what it wasn't. I need to tell you what it was. Honestly, it was recording these podcasts with you bozos okay. because I end up being forced to think analytically about something I do reflexively. And sitting down and analyzing what you do reflexively uh, is how you improve. It's the, it's the principle of focused practice versus just work. I was just working. I was grinding away and doing what I always do, but thinking about this in the context of you know, trying to podcast about being a good writer forced me to start analyzing what I was writing. I started looking okay. at punchlines and thinking, well, what kind of a punchline is this? And then I started looking at the structures. Now understand, this didn't change what I'd been doing. It forced me to look at what I'd been doing yeah. and see what was working. And when I sit down and write a week of scripts and that week focuses on a given theme, um, sometimes that theme is situational, but situations run dry real fast. You can get one or two punchlines out of them and then mm -hmm. whoop, we're done. Um, when I really milk something for a week, it's because I've set up I've set up a satirical sort of environment where I can look at something, I can look at it in a couple of different angles, at, at a couple of different angles or from a couple of different angles, and I can, I can explore them and tell jokes on all of them. Okay. And when I made that discovery, um, the, the structuring of my stories got easier because I was able to take you know, the big building blocks, Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, the medium-sized building blocks of... 
you know, character discovers this, character discovers that. The, well, and then there's the giant building blocks of, you know, the individual characters who are larger, of course, than, you know, even individual books because of the form I'm working within. I was able to take those building blocks and refine it all the way down to saying, okay, and for this week, the gaps between those blocks are going to be filled in with commentary on socialized medicine okay. or commentary yeah. on uh, military discipline. Taking this and kind of pointing it at our general listener, um, this is a theme we've talked about before, but the idea of understanding what you're doing and understanding your own goals is very important. And oh, it's boy. not something you can really pick out when you're first ride, the first time you sit down to write. You have to try different things. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like Dan it. said. Yeah. It's like Dan said when he was uh, you know, botching the ending. I assume yeah. that's with the Vampire Bunnies mm -hmm. book. Yeah. And when he sat down and read it and realized, oh, I'm writing a farce. I'm doing this. That can, yeah. Mm -hmm. Understanding. Oh, what my you're writing doing, is a farce. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what you're trying to do. I mean, analyzing this way can actually break things at first. Um, I, mm -hmm. I've noticed mm -hmm. for people that getting too analytical about their writing early on can actually make it harder. But oh, that's absolutely. A, and it scares yeah. people, yeah. too, especially with humor. I mean, there's a lot of people listening to this right now who are saying if you overanalyze humor, then it's not funny anymore. Those mm -hmm. people have never been professionally funny. There are a few artists that agonize over their work more than stand-up comedians. No, they I write, when I write jokes, and I've gotten past this point, but when I write jokes, when I write the strips, I sit them down in front of Sandra, and she reads them, and she visualizes pictures. I don't have yeah. any pictures on this yet. She reads the scripts, and she lets me know if they're funny and if they're moving the story forward. Mm -hmm. When I start drawing them, sometimes I look at them, and I think, this just isn't funny. Yeah. And I, you know... Five, six years ago, I would take them to her and say, honey, I think all the funny leaked out. And she would look at it and say, no, no, it's still funny. You've just been staring at it too long. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten past that point. Yeah. Uh, we used mm -hmm. to talk about the, you know, the, old, the, the classic bumblebee metaphor. If you try and analyze the bumblebee's flight with the laws of aerodynamics, the bumblebee can't fly. So bumblebees should not study aerodynamics. They should just keep flapping. And, and so that was Sandra's and my you know, little, little catchphrase. Right. I don't know how I'm doing this, honey. And she would say, keep flapping. Mm -hmm. Well, um, bumblebees fly because their wings rotate and there are fluid dynamics, you know, turbulence laws that we can use to describe their flight. And now that I understand that about yeah. my own writing, I can analyze it and, and flap and mm -hmm. I can get better. I can flap more efficiently. I think that there's a plateau you can hit with when you don't understand what you're doing. Yes. And to get past that plateau, you will have to study and analyze and break down what am I doing well, what am I trying to accomplish, and that's hard. And like I said, it can run you into problems at well, first. And sometimes you need to go to an expert who yeah. understands this better than you do, who can look at it and say, oh, 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 it's this thing right here. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. me sitting down with Dan and with Bob, who know yeah. the three-act format and reader promises better than I do because they've been writing novels while I've been drawing funny pictures. And... And having them say, oh, well, you know, here's a list of the things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And then I did them. And it was a much better, much stronger book. Yeah, this is mostly, I think, advice for our um, experienced yet still working to get published or maybe are published and still working on the craft listeners. But if you're just starting off, remember, just start writing. And, but there is a point where you're going to have to do this. Yeah, just, if you're yeah. just starting off, keep I would flapping. listen to this. Yeah, keep, I would <laughs> keep listen flapping. to this podcast. Keep flapping and know that at some point you are going to understand how it is that the bumblebee flies, and then you will be able to fly more efficiently. All right. Well, we managed to get through one of us in a podcast, but that's um, not unexpected. Um, Howard, it's been your podcast. Uh, give us a writing prompt. 
and um, have an artist who is analyzing his form and discovers the refinements of his form that he needs in order to make it perfect, and in so doing, unlocks magic. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. This has been writing. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.